Good day, guys. Thanks for tuning in at this new episode of Back to Backwards. Today, I had the opportunity to speak to Cisco and CEO Jack Sidhu and one of Cisco and Foundation board members, Bradley. Syscoin is a blockchain platform for real money, assets and blazing fast token payment that can scale. The latter is possible because of their ZDAC technology, which can handle over 60,000 transactions per second. Lately, they have been focusing on interoperability between blockchains through their Syscoin bridge. So without further ado, let's start the interview, shall we? Good morning, guys. This is the first time I have two guests in my show, so I'm uh, pretty excited. And I already gave a small introduction on Syscoin. But before we start off, what are your roles within the Syscoin uh, Foundation? Uh, starting with you, Jack. Um, I'm the head of the foundation. Um, and I generally, you know, um, I'm not the type to have everyday type of control and decision making. We're, we're pretty democratic. We vote on, on things uh, mm-hmm. uh, to get new members or leave members out that's uh it's required to have everyone sign off so it's it's pretty good that way and then um we discuss things daily um so that's we're, we're both part of the foundation uh we're both equal members um but in terms of uh, the structure and hierarchy I'm, I'm at the head along with Mikhail, uh and bradley is also there um as a new member we just added recently um, and he's been really instrumental on on the development side of things, as well as the public facing, you know, communication. Uh, he's really good at that as well. Okay, so how does the Syscoin Foundation uh, differs from from the Syscoin uh, development and marketing team? Is that like a whole separate uh, entity? Yeah. So I mean, there's part of members in the foundation that are part of that team as well but they are kind of independent. Um, although there are overlapping areas where there's interest on, um, decisions that need to be made on both sides. Uh, and so there's, there is weekly calls w- with some members of the foundation and SDMT. Uh, and they, uh, they basically just report back on objectives and, uh, metrics and how, how far they are. Uh, in terms of development um, and we generally also work with blockchain foundry um, between the development teams to have some synergy on the enterprise side of things so blockchain foundry mostly on the enterprise and clients and business world uh, mm-hmm. blockchain uh, could be other blockchains most likely syscoin and then um, relay that information over to the syscoin team uh, SDMT and foundation to better have have a good vision and and focal point on where the trends lie and where to f- put our efforts in uh, establishing network effect. Okay, so you clearly divided the company, so to say. So so every segment has its own focus in order to yeah to really get get things rolling. Um, what about you, Bradley? What's what's your role within Syscoin? Yeah, so um, as a foundation member, I'm I'm also a uh, member of the marketing team. So my primary focus really is in providing more awareness uh, about the utility value that Syscoin represents to the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had great success with that, particularly of late. Of course, I'm not the only one contributing to that effort. There's a lot of people involved. But, you know, foundation is also very busy. So while I am a member of the marketing team, 
there are you know other roles and hats that I wear from time to time, uh, whether that be pre-deployment testing or you know or other things. Hey, and uh, Syscoin, it's a real like veteran coin, so to say. It had its uh, inception back in 2014. But what was the original purpose of of Syscoin, and and how has the project evolved since then? Yeah, so the purpose now is really the same as it was back then. Uh, we're just at a different stage of, you know, being closer to achieving that larger vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original purpose was was to make blockchain useful uh, both to individuals and enterprises. And um, really the project started kind of in 2013 when the initial discussions on design took place. And you're correct, it, it was released to mainnet in early 2014. You know, what what was done early uh, was exploration of use cases beyond simple value transfer. Um, so there were, uh, there were things like uh, the first uh, blockchain-based marketplace, mm-hmm. aliases, which aliases, which, you know, could, couldn't be considered the first um, of identities actually um, delivered and arbitrated escrow and other things. Uh, Jag joined the team, you know, shortly after mainnet, the first mainnet. And um, it was really found that for blockchain to be useful, uh, truly useful to the world and fulfill its potential, that scalability was, was a big deal. And, and it would become a bigger issue as time went on uh, for the industry as a whole. Um, so, you know, with, with Jag uh, and Dan uh, putting their heads together, um, a, a design was formulated and that design remains. And uh, we have been delivering on that. Um, Syscoin, Syscoin really is, is a project uh, that isn't reactionary um, so much. So it doesn't, it doesn't try to change according to the direction that the wind blows. It has a vision. Uh, it sees across the horizon and the design, um, the design is based upon the needs that we anticipate. And in, all, in every case, uh, when, we, when we've delivered a solution to the mainnet, uh, that um, that need has has come to the fore. So, you know that that can be uh, that can be said for uh, ZDAG, which was um, you know released a couple of years ago on the mainnet. Um, before scalability really became a huge buzzword, we had the solution available on the mainnet. You know, and and the same is true for interoperability. You know, we delivered interoperability that is trust minimized and permissionless in January. Of this year and now we all see what's going on with ethereum yeah 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 i think we we are we are entering a phase where uh like in the beginning uh, back in 2014 it was just creating technology that might be used one day and now we are entering a a new era where uh, technology is actually being uh, adopted you know by fairly new companies on the other hand uh, from from my point of view, the space for enterprise uh, blockchain software is, is pretty crowded nowadays. So, and how do you set yourself apart f- from all the the new uh, buzzing uh, competitors? Well, the big question that I have is, how do those solutions work at scale? And and um, that's a huge factor because that that goes into security, which is you know obviously a big concern as well as costs. And, um, you know, a, a project can get a lot of hype behind it and traffic can be driven into it 
and it, it, it really just be found untenable and unprofitable for businesses to use. So our focus has been on a design that truly scales. Um, we don't, we're not trying to force our blockchain alone to scale. Uh, we have what, what we know are, you know, essentially is essentially the sweet spot as far as blockchain parameters and our scalability exists on service layers that are built upon a proven security model. So, uh, and we, we are, we're a great, we're a great part towards having completed that vision of scalability uh, with ZDAG on the mainnet. Um, there is some additional research and development going on uh, in some areas of scalability that really haven't been thoroughly explored by the industry at all. So we're on the leading edge uh, in that area as well. Yeah, uh, quite recently I, I stumbled on a, on a tweet where I saw uh, Brennan Ike from, uh, from, uh, from BET or Basic Attention Token saying he was looking into uh, your bridge uh, technology. And I have my sh fair share of knowledge when it comes to interoperability between blockchains, but you, can you explain to our listeners what, what we are talking about here? Uh, what, what use does it, does it give blockchains to connect with each other? Yeah, so uh, th basically the, the BAT token itself is an ERC-20. They have uh, use cases where they, um, they pay for attention, right? the attention economy where people are browsing, um, privacy-preserving um, browser they have. They want to be able to pay people for their attention and utility is mm -hmm. derived based on that. So the problem is, again, when you're transacting on Ethereum, whether or not you know they have sharding and they're claiming 50 or 100 times more scalability, it's, um, all of that information is spread across their nodes and either the security model uh, is affected or it's not gonna scale to a point where it's, it's like the Visa MasterCard transaction utility that, that you wanna achieve. So a lot of smart people in industry see that as a big problem. So they want to explore, you know, something like optimistic rollups or ZK rollups, or they want to explore plasma, um, which we were pretty big on previously. It's kind of why we made the bridge. We thought something like plasma would be interesting to run um, services on top. But since then, there's been issues with um, with the security model of plasma. And I think uh, Omisco created a prototype, but they uh, it's kind of like a proof of uh, authority so there's it's not the original vision of what plasma should be based on the white paper uh, as far as i understand so th they're all exploring and syscoin's technology the, the bridge really is just about creating that secure decentralized option um, without custody and you can move on to another chain so data availability and scalability are concerns on another chain rather than a game that gets you back to Ethereum main chain. Um, if the premise of the main chain is that it may not offer the same amount of security as something like Bitcoin, then ideally you'd want to transact on Ethereum to do smart contract stuff, but you may want to store value somewhere else um, from a security perspective. Having that option for decentralized interoperability means you don't have to deal with regulations, compliance, it's just like sending coins. Atomic swaps are very similar, except atomic swaps probably is an active trade. So you probably would have to 
qualify that um, to the to your government for tax or whatever. And if you don't, then it's up to you kind of thing. But I think because there is a counterparty involved and because there's an active intent to move from one asset to the other and maybe classify as a trade, mm-hmm. whereas a bridge may not be classified as a trade because you're you're just spending coins um, and it's the same asset on both sides. So you're not exchanging one for the other, but you're exchanging for one B. And having it decentralized gives a lot of value because um, again, it's just like how Bitcoin got regulated. As it's, if you're sending coins, it's it's fine. When you're hitting the touch points of fiat, that's when you require KYC and disclose your history and pay your tax. So it's more the difference between uh, storing coins on on a different blockchain compared to exchanging coins yeah. uh, with a with a counterparty. Anywhere where there's counterparties or there's custody, there's a lot of risk. Um, there's incentives yeah. for people to steal and people to run away with money. And our, our idea was we move those incentives and risks to something like proof of work. So um, on, on the Syscoin side, they would be essentially getting Bitcoin's proof of work as security. On the Ethereum side, they're getting the Ethereum security model. So whichever, it gives the option to the market which side they want to Hold their value if they if they value the Ethereum side they would hold you know even if you're a Cisco and user you'd be able to use Ethereum and hold value on Ethereum if you value the Bitcoin security model you would go from Ethereum to um, Cisco and maybe hold stuff on both sides based on your risk tolerance or your uh, utility entering and exiting contracts. Well, yeah, I think I think even in the in the regular world, so to say, people are also you know stalling their their money on 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 different banks for security reasons um over the past years we we have seen like an absolute flooding of the market with all these erc20 tokens and for every use case there there was a yeah there was a token most most of the time not not even very usable what's your view on this because i read something uh on your website about your asset and token platform that yeah touches base on this a lot of clients ask like a lot of smart rich clients they, they're smart enough to know the difference between distributed ledger technology and a database design mm-hmm. and the value of maybe doing a loyalty system or whatnot there's mm-hmm. there's two groups kind of what we see right now is there's the group of stable coins and um asset backed um value that needs to kind of be cryptographically verifiable but be used as money at scale then because two users are sovereign users, they should be able to transact with one another without the risk of system downtime or something telling you that you don't own that, that value anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one broad category where assets are useful. The other is um, systems where you may want some loyalty or some type of um, enterprise-driven um value where you're driving customers into your business and those typically were done using centralized approaches but because the blockchain allows you to create sovereignty and ancillary markets around those for example um, decentralized finance once you're in that system you're able to trustlessly enter and exit in other markets and if if generally if those businesses don't want something like that we advise them just to stay with a centralized approach because 
they're issuing and managing their system anyways, and they don't want people to exit it uh, for whatever reason, then use a centralized approach because you can turn it off and on any time and KYC users to your heart's content. But if you if if people are seeing the the trend, the trend is that when people hold these coins, they're psychologically driven to use them if they're if they know there's a store of value and there's security behind it. If I know my loyalty system is not going to be confiscated for me for whatever reason and it does offer some store of value, I can exchange it for value anytime. It kind of becomes money to me, right? If I can spend it. And that and and there's going to be a whole bunch of different tokens out there. You one person might hold multiple tokens for different businesses or different countries or wherever they go, but it's going to be seamless through wallet designs, right? And all of them constitute a form of money if it's secure. If it's a centralized approach, then you question the need for it, and you, you know you don't really care for it. Just like the loyalty systems today, I half the time I don't use my points. I accumulate them, but I don't even really care for them. Um, you were mentioning decentralized finance, and you know, that's obviously uh, a big hype at the moment. Uh, it wasn't even a a a term maybe back in 2014. How does Syscoin uh, position uh, themselves within the, the DeFi space? Do you even consider yourself a a a a, a DeFi uh, participant? Um, maybe kind of indirectly, I guess, because we've been fo- we we know that scale is gonna, is is the main problem of blockchain. The technology solves a lot of problems, but the drawback is scalability. And that's been plaguing Bitcoin since day one. Um, and, you know, Lightning Networks doesn't actually solve their problem. So they, they, that's always a problem. And, and we're giving the option to the market to say we've created scalable payments. So if you're um, if you're operating in decentralized finance and um, this is real money you're, you're dealing with, not just, you know, IOUs or whatnot, then when you want to spend those, when you want to use those in the real world, uh, if you're on the Ethereum network or on a, another network and we have those bridges in place, you go to the right place to be able to spend at scale and with cost efficiency in mind. Even if Ethereum, again, if they do the sharding and 2.0 and roll-ups uh, and they get those gains, they, they're saying it's um, if everyone in the world was to use this stuff, it still doesn't make sense to have it all in one place and have all the data in one place. Um, between a subset of nodes it's really got to be um different systems different chains and different trade-offs so we've focused really on simple value transfers because if you start to get complicated and introduce smart contracts and different types of opcodes then it becomes harder to manage um technically how to how to do everything else cheap just if you want to spend money yeah yeah but we focused on that one use case and these DeFi projects, they all want that. So that's kind of where we come in uh, and allow for that utility. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, the real test for every blockchain out there is, is is yet to come. Because, I mean, even now, if there's a if there's only a slight bull run, then you then you will see uh, transactions uh, taking uh, longer, etc. So. The real test for the scalability issue still has to come, in my opinion. Um, but 
I like what you say about you know focusing on 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 just one part of the tech, and and you are clear, clearly focused on getting uh, developers to to use your tech. But besides that, are there any other efforts made to to drive adoption, like both on the user side, but also on the enterprise side? Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, absolutely we are. So you know, really uh, scalability. Uh, Scalability, low fees, security, and um, decentralization combined is is a is a great package, and um, almost anyone involved in digital assets can can benefit from that. Most certainly, projects and developers uh, who can leverage the technology to make what they're offering viable at global scale, but um, but also individuals. And really, the matter of driving adoption with individuals is um, is how you interface them with the with the protocol stack. So um, there are web and mobile wallets under development, and mm-hmm. um, uh, those will hopefully be delivered uh, pretty soon. You know, in, in developing these for Syscoin, it's a little more involved than it is for maybe some other projects because of ZDAG, um, our bridge functionality and everything. Um, we want to deliver all of that uh, to people's fingertips so that they can use it, especially a bridge, you know, which is trust minimized and permissionless. So we really like the idea of individuals uh, using the bridge themselves, having a way to do that easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not uh, this or that project uh, chooses to use it or not, their users will be able to bridge from whatever platform they know and love uh, to Syscoin to benefit from everything on our side without having to give up um, the platform uh, that they're accustomed to. They just get the best of mm-hmm. both worlds. So, um, so yeah, we we are making a push to uh, extend that utility value to individual users as well, and that's really the key to adoption. Okay, so that's more like on the on the user friendliness side, so to say, where you're, uh, uh, yeah, aiming to to score in terms of of adoption. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, in my opinion, the the coming year will be absolutely pivotal for a lot of blockchain projects, uh, including Syscoin. But it sure seems that that you guys got a clear focus for the for the road ahead. I mean, I don't think you. You told me everything. Uh, you must have some, uh, yeah, some other things under your sleeves. But what are you most excited about when you're looking at your roadmap? Uh, I really like what we're. I mean, right now we're reinventing our stack with, um, with the way that Bitcoin manages coins through a UTXO model. It was previously an account-based model like Ethereum, um, and going to the UTXO model uh, reduces complexity of our code by quite a bit. It makes things more efficient um and it you know kind of borrows the tech from bitcoin to apply to the asset layer um as far as i know probably be the first the first implementation that's doing something like that um with the bitcoin protocol but assets built right in um there's omni layers and stuff that do it on bitcoin but again they won't be able to leverage stuff like zdag and so our our vision has been you know we have on-chain scale and then we focus on off-chain scale stuff like payment channels and zero knowledge proofs off-chain but they're backed by on-chain in case there's issues off-chain there's always issues off-chain um, those users should be able to hit the on-chain scale 
if if there's issues with the off-chain scale solution and stuff like omni they, they they wouldn't be able to leverage any of that it's either you do a transaction off-chain and if it doesn't work out you have to hit the bitcoin main chain and point of sales out of the question at that point this next release gives us the ability to do stuff like that make integrations a lot easier developers will be um, will find it easier to integrate there'll be javascript sdks um, and we're just you know we're writing the unit tests and the functional tests right now and um, fixing up the smart contract tests and uh, the ledger and trezor harbor wallet integrations for the, this new model it's really just doing the whole ecosystem right now with with all that in mind and it'll be a big step to get the technical solution there and uh, be confident that when customers come, you know, big customers, big stable coins come that we'll be ready for them and provide a out of the box solution. So that would be something uh, to look out for. Uh, so yeah, you are just prepping your tech to be as easily uh, as can be uh, adopted by enterprises, users, other projects. I wish you guys all the best. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, if you have anything to share, uh, final thing. Yeah, the only thing I have left to say is, um, you know, keep your eye on on uh, these projects that that claim to be scalable, and um, watch. You know, if they, if they do succeed and drive adoption, um, they're going to cap out, and um, our solution is going to be in place. Uh, we're going to have true scalability. The research and development that is underway with uh, TU Delft and uh, other academic partners. Delft, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, those will bear fruit and um, uh, will break new ground and blockchain will fulfill its full potential globally, 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 globally. Wow. Globally, globally, globally. I like that last sentence. And I truly think we are in for a wild ride when it comes to the crypto space or scene or whatever word you want to attach to it. Well, anyways, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope you tune in uh, for the next episode. Cheers, guys.